No, no. That was the most <laughs> jarring thing. I was not prepared for that. No one is. Um, Jesus. I tell you you're not artistic, but I, I wouldn't make this art piece. Paper mache, it gilled them. I was just presented with an argument that a dead rat was art. Walk me through this. How is this artistic? I'm going to keep an open mind. Because, I don't know, I want a realistic scene. I'm going to put him on the macrame and gild him there. So we got a macrame rat in a natural scene. And you're, all right, so are we keeping this rat or are we getting rid of it? Can I just keep the rat and I'll... Hello and welcome to Redoubt of the Reckless Raffle Raiders of Ramjack. Greetings, faithful listeners. I am Alex, and joining me today for this episode of Ramjack is my good friend and co-host, uh, Brad. Hi! Great to see you! I'm looking in your window! Not really. <laughs> I'm actually on a podcast. I'm looking into the window of your mind. Ooh. When by that, I mean I guess I'm penetrating it with sound waves. Oh. Guys, we got a great show for you today. Belvedere is on point, and... I don't know. After this episode, Belvedere may be one of the best shows of all time, mainly because mm. I really do wonder if the writers, there's a time traveler who listened to Ramjack and then went back and wrote this show. In which case, which came first? Which came first, Brad? Ramjack's uh, commentary or the show Mr. Belvedere? I don't know. I can't answer that know? question yet. How would you know? But you'll figure that out because the second we figure that out, I mean, it'll be the end of the show. I mean, we're we're in season right. six, Brad. The countdown or has will begun it be the to the end. It could Who be the knows? Be- what does it mean? It could be the beginning. Oh, wow. you know, Michu. I believe Michu Kaku once said, "If you, if everyone just looks inside a window, uh, a crazy window, imagine that." Now, if you can imagine looking inside a crazy window, okay. what if we're all actually inside a crazy window? All right, and if that's the case, therefore, <laughs> what if you can actually travel through different universes into crazy windows? See, I thought you were going to say, I mean, obviously he'd go with the universe, but I thought you would take it into where he was also just going to invade someone's house. And if there's all these windows, who's to say we can't go into another house where there's other windows? Crazy houses. Who's to say we aren't already in crazy houses that don't belong to us? (gasps) Maybe we don't belong here. (laughs) And that's when everyone kind of looks at Michu like, are are you all right? When he gets that crazy look in his eyes and the tone changes to maybe we don't belong here. When does he not have a crazy look in his eyes? Kaka? He's a lunatic. That's what I'm saying. He's a goddamn fucking lunatic. We'll be talking about more lunatics later. We got lunatics to talk about. We've got books to talk about. We've got all kinds of news stories. But ladies and gentlemen, I know you were eager to hear Brad's predictions for the 2016 Super Bowl. Oh, okay. Held in the Levi's Stadium. I think that's the Levi's Jean Company. I don't know, but it's Levi's Stadium. Oh, okay. Super Bowl number 50 mm-hmm. will feature the Carolina Panthers mm-hmm. against the Denver Broncos. Brad? All right. What what day is the Super Bowl again? Just I mean, I know, but I just want to see if you know. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's Sunday, February 7th. It's 6.30 oh. p.m. on CBS. That's Frightful February is what we call it. Frightful February. We're coming on. <laughs> I want them to bring that back funny. so bad. I want all the football players just to say that in unison on the field. So now it's it's the Panthers and who now? It's the Carolina Panthers right. versus the Denver Broncos. That's right. Broncos and Panthers. 
it's, Brad, we, it sounds frightful. It sounds like a frightful February. <laughs> guys, for for new <laughs> for new listeners, Brad is a he he okay, he doesn't dabble in sports. He knows all the sports facts. All of the sports facts. Last time we tracked his progress through March Madness, and if Brad had bet any type of money on most of the games, he would he would have come away with serious cash. Mm-hmm. He knew how to pick them because he knows all the sports facts. I don't know when you're going to hear this episode. It could be the very week that it happens. Oh boy! But we're gonna we're going to get Brad's prediction for the right record. Now. For the record, we don't usually put a timestamp on things. No, but, never. But today is January twenty fifth, twenty sixteen. So just so you know when this prediction is being made, so you'll know that I was right far in advance. <laughs> Of How does he do it? February. I don't know. And you'll be you'll be uh, freaked out by his frightful February predictions because mm. they're so on point. Brad, Definitely. who's winning? Who's winning against the Panthers versus the Broncos? First off, is do you Listen. think this is fair that they would unleash Panthers onto a field of Broncos? Well, you know, it's it's a it's a pretty wild choice. Uh, you know, you got Panthers, you got Broncos, and where are we at? We're at the Levi Stadium, Levi Denim. <laughs> Sounds like cowboy country to me. Hmm. Which I think gives the Broncos a bit of an advantage. But, okay, correct me if I'm wrong here. Uh, horses are kind of herd animals, while panthers are actual predatory, large predatory cats. True, yes. Yeah, definitely. So what are you saying? The way you say, the way that you presented all that information makes me think that you're leaning toward the Broncos. But I don't want to put words in your mouth. I don't want to Alex, put words in your Alex, mouth. Alex, Alex, listen. Hey, listen, uh, uh, just, so, just so you know, guys, sports fact, uh, uh, football has a goalpost. <sighs> yep. It has a goalpost and an end zone. Yes. Those are, those are two places that the games can end. <laughs> a lot of games would say, ah, this is where the goal is. That's the end. Football has two things, so it's really it's already it's already a game that's I mean it's really it's you know it's doubling down on things. That's what football is about. It's about doubling down on things. Oh yeah. So Broncos, Broncos, yes, yes, they have a cowboy advantage with all that denim rolling around. Um, but also there's a Jay Leno advantage, and there's not a Jay Leno oh. on the field. So I mean, really, now if if you had said. You know the the Carolina Lenos. Well, I'd be like, well, they've <laughs> they've got this thing wrapped up. <laughs> like, come on. But we're talking about Panthers, and like, you got cowboys in denim, sure, sure. But then you got Panthers. Panthers are wily cats that always land on their feet, and they're Panthers. Like, it's a pretty scary animal. But the thing about football is, there's an end zone and a goal post. <laughs> Let's not forget, are, Brad, that the stadium will be bright. So those Panthers, their dark coat that might hide them in the darkness and shadows, there are no shadows on that football field. Just saying. Just saying. Alex, I, th- I think you're discounting the goal post. What do cats love? Scratching posts. <laughs> oh, so sorry. I feel like an idiot. These, I don't know anything these about sports. Cat, these Panthers are going to be so, like, rubbing up on this goal post that they're going to forget about the end zone, and that's where the game's going to happen. And, like, as much as I'd love Panthers to win, because I think Panthers should always win against Broncos, mm-hmm. I think these Bron- the Broncos, listen, they're in denim country. Like, that's their land. It's Jay Leno's land, but they lease it. Um... It's kind of their thing, uh, but Panthers, ah, you can't. You're not gonna be able to pull those Panthers away from the scratching post. Nope. So I think it's gonna come down to the end zone, and that's where the Broncos are gonna take it. Brad's prediction 
the uh, Panthers are going to really focus on their kicking game and neglect the end zone. <laughs> and that's what's going to make them lose against the Broncos. I'm for it. Brad knows these things. He has an uncanny sixth, maybe seventh sense about um, sports. And I think I think he's right. I trust him in his predictions. So you heard it here first. Thank you, friend. You're welcome, friend. Um, I have a book just to run by you because I want to know your feelings about just the we're not even we're not playing a game with this because I don't think this is a game to be honest. Uh, yeah, this I, I gotta, yeah I don't wanna, I got a book that I don't want to talk about that's not a game this week either. Okay, let's okay this week books without games the segment Brad I don't think this is a game anymore with what the book I'm about to tell you about. Are you ready for this? Bring it. Okay, there's a book with a teen who wakes up every morning in a different body, living a different life. Um, There's never a warning about where it will be or who it will be, and uh, this teen, whose name is A, has made peace with that, even established guidelines by which to live. Never get too attached. Avoid getting noticed. Uh, do not interfere unless it changes the course of history for the better. Um, um. It's all fine until the morning he wakes up in a body of Justin and meets Justin's girlfriend... From that moment, the rules by which A has been living are no longer valid. Because finally, A has found someone he wants to be with day in, day out, day after day. Brad. But, but then does Justin's girlfriend get killed by an evil leaper? <laughs> I'm glad it's not just me. Because the premise of this sounds a lot like the wonderful 1980s show. I think it bled into the 90s a little bit. Mostly in the 90s, I think. Mostly 1990s show, Quantum Leap. Yeah. This yeah, book quantum leap. is Quantum Leap for the younger set, young adult set, with a little bit of romance rigged in. I don't know how to feel about this, Brad. It sounds a lot like they ripped off Quantum Leap and they're trying to pull it off as a young adult novel. Oh, fuck these young adult novelists. Is this supposed to be a pre- prequel to Quantum Leap? A, is it really, is he going to be Al? And Ugh. Al's hiding something from everybody? Like, maybe this should be, like, our model for writing, like, young adult novels. We should just, like, take shows that we used to really like and then just make them into uh, young adult novels. Oh, yeah. All bets are off. The question is, what source material do we use? Obviously, television shows. So, um, there's this this, uh, new gentleman in this neighborhood. Um, Uh Uh-huh. And now he's living downstairs of this family, um, but it's understood that he's there to um, help take care of them, um, yeah. as though he is part of their family. He's in charge. His name is Chester. <laughs> and you can easily put that into a young adult spin. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, definitely. Easily. Right from the perspective of a neighbor. There's a lot of romance. I want to write with, a book uh, series. With, um, with, um, um, uh... Mendelin Fierce. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Fuddy Bimbeck is uh, Chuck Chester's <laughs> best friend. <laughs> I'm not sure why they call him Fuddy, but we'll, because uh, he's a Fuddy Duddy, more or less, I guess. Huh. I didn't mean Fuddy Duddy sounds more like a 1950s, 60s kind of phrase, but I'm not dating it. I'm not, it's just. That's what Fuddy Bimbeck is like. Um, yeah. I think that would fly off the shelves. Can I offer also um, uh, the Huffnagel series, where it's just a family who lives by a family that crazy shit happens to and their misadventures over the course of years. Nice. The Huffnagel nice. series. I like it. I like it. 
I guess it's okay. I guess it's okay to just blatantly steal ideas from television and make them your own and make money off of it. I'm tempted to read every day for our book report, but I don't know. There's a line I don't want to cross. I don't want to disrespect Sam Beckett and all he did to help humanity. Seriously. Brad, what book are you bringing? What book What book are we not joking about right now? Oh, this is a no-joke zone. Oh, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about this in some more depth in the future, but I, I started reading this thing. I started reading uh, The Devil's Chessboard, Alan Dulles, The CIA, and The Rise of America's Secret Government. Oh, fuck. Guys, this is upsetting. Like, it's just upsetting. Um, so, like, the guy that, like, uh, the longest-serving director of the CIA, Alan Dulles, is a goddamn monster. I... Like, uh, the CIA wasn't that, you know, it was it was kind of a new organization at the time, and he kind of really took it over and made it what he wanted it to be um, after World War II. He, uh, he was a spy during World War II, and he was also a huge Nazi sympathizer, mm. and he also helped a lot, of, a lot of Nazi war criminals escape. Wow. Smuggled a lot of them into the country or to other places so they would be okay. Because he was kind of okay with Nazis. He also uh, knew about the, the final solution, the killing of the Jews, before um, it, before it was really became public knowledge. I mean, of course, there had been, you know, whisperings and, you know, people were kind of aware of it. But he got, inf- he got like, smuggled information from somebody that escaped early on. And he kind of covered it up and... Like uh, and like told people it's like well we don't we don't really know we don't know how trustworthy this person is I uh, don't worry about it and then he like shuffled her off and he like really stonewalled that. Wow. Uh, also, he worked to uh, keep uh, like Jewish uh, um, um, refugees from getting to the into the U.S. Uh, he's a goddamn monster. It's re- like it's so fucked up. Like I'm just hearing about all these like because like I mean. Now we look back at World War II and we're like, wow, that's the most black and white war of all of history. And it is. It is the most black and white war. It's like, it's like Nazis are super awful. There's no <laughs> way around that. But then, like, there's a lot of people that were, like, completely cool with the Nazis. That is so weird. And, like, the the whole, the just, because he was so, like, he was like, we don't need to be worrying about the, the Nazis. The communists are what we should be working against. And just, like, all the work he did, like, to uh, thwart um the uh, the uh, the treaties with uh, with uh, Stalin during World War II is like uh, we shouldn't be al- um, allying with Stalin. He's worse than the Nazis. Uh, let's just stop fighting the Nazis and just go up against the communists. Like so you just want to be in league with the Nazis. like cool, cool <laughs> beans. I could have I could be mistaken, but okay, bread the Nazis mm-hmm. Genocide against the Jews, just straight up mm-hmm. murdered as many as they could. Right. And they wanted to uh, essentially rule the world, I guess? Yeah, yeah. But what was their end goal other than, okay, a master Aryan race that would take mm-hmm. over the planet and make humanity better? So, like, <sighs> the very basis of any type of super villain in a comic book. I mean, more or less. I like, mean, that's that's the blueprint for all the nightmares that have happened since. And I, so they're evil. They're decidedly bad. And this guy was like, you know what? Not not as bad as communism. Not as so. Not as bad as everyone takes a little bit and everyone works for the greater good of humanity. Yeah. Without really murdering anyone. I mean, 
granted, communism is horrible. It doesn't work. It's not I mean, a practical yeah, idea in the real world. On paper, the aspect it's a great idea. Makes, yeah, makes yeah, good sense. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But it's it's not but, realistic. And of course, Stalin was uh, a monster. Uh, but like. Nazis paper, are definitely though, worse. Yeah, like even on paper, even if you said, "Okay, here's a paper on Nazis, here's a paper on communism," there's no way you're leaving the table thinking Nazis are the place that you want to be, right? Oh, right. This is what was wrong with just, this guy. Like, why did he? Why did he like the Nazis? He's and he's he's a sociopath. Like, it's like talking like talking to his talking about his wife and his mistress, and like they're like he just isn't capable of loving. <laughs> He doesn't. He is. There's this one part where he tells this story about um um his mistress tells a story about that she got really freaked out and like chilled to the bone because uh, she was asking him like like why why do you you know why do you use these people the way you do he's like well you know I you know I he's talking about how he sees people as like a, um as a mice in a trap. And sometimes they just need to be broken. And it's like, what wow. are you talking about? Like, sometimes you just snap the little mice. It's like, what are you saying? He's, it's so upsetting. There's there's another story in there, and I don't want to spend too much time on this. We'll talk about it another time. It's just, it's very upsetting. And I'm like, I'm like a third of the way into it. And it's like, just getting darker and darker. Like, there was, um during World War II, there was like a, a family that um had, definitely had some communist leanings. um And were... And dis- and even though this guy was like a huge like he was uh, he was a pacifist he was really against war, um, but he was like the Nazis are the worst, so I'm going to work against the Nazis. Um, and uh, um, Dulles used him as like a courier to uh, um, like get some money to uh, um, to uh, rebel leaders and uh, to uh, get secret documents to other spies. Um, and later on after the war. Dulles had this plan that he he was the idea was to uh, get Stalin paranoid and freaked out, so he he basically set that guy up, and he leaked information that made it look like that guy was a spy for America and his family. So his fam so him and his family were like taken to the Russian gulags, um, in just an effort to make. St- to like make Stalin think that there was like a, a, this like large spy network that was after him. This guy hadn't even like talked to Dulles, Dulles since uh, World War Two. Like it's like 15 wow. years later. He doesn't. He's like, I think I remember like tr- transporting some papers for him, like against the Nazis during the war. But like I, I don't, I don't have any contact with him. Um, his entire family, like in the Russian Gulag, for 15 years because of like he's because he just wants to create like. Uh, he's he's just trying to freak out Stalin, and that's the sole purpose of it. Like people's lives. Like what's up, CIA? You're really fucked up. Yeah. Also, um, a lot of I, also I didn't realize this, and I, not this is not all of it, of course, but a lot of like the Red Scare in the U.S. A lot of the the like the the really crazed like communist fear, like in the beginning of the Cold War. Um, a lot of that was they were basically using Dulles set up a lot of plans to use that against um like leftists in america because they were trying to prosecute people for aiding nazi war criminals and so to get like to get the eye off of them they were saying oh all these leftists are communists so a lot of the red scare was just trumped up so that they could hit them before they hit the people that were helping nazis jeez also richard nixon is worse than i thought (laughs) (laughs) Like we all know, Richard Nixon kind of terrible. Yeah, but, uh, terrible. He was he was Dulles's like a uh, he was 
he was uh, his uh, political protege. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. So uh, when he was running for vice president, he was basically Dulles's pick, and uh, he made use of him. And I'm like, this is the worst. Like, I just this book is really upsetting. Like, uh, ugh. it's like this one dude is like so fucking awful. Yeah. So that yeah, if you want to become uh, really freaked out, uh, check out this book. Now I will say. I, I do take it with a slight grain of salt. I want to do some more research on this because, like, the little introduction, um, the introduction chapter <sighs> insinuates, like, a little bit of JFK conspiracy in there. Oh, God. Um, because he was, like, uh, Dulles ended up being, like, um, one of the heads of, like, the, the Warren Commission and investigating JFK's assassination. And him and JFK were huge enemies because, oh, Dulles was also largely behind the Bay of Pigs. Um,. <laughs> Wow. And after that, Kennedy finally like put his foot down, and like that's when he got uh, that's when he got uh, kicked out of power. So th- there's like insinuations um, in that introduction, and I don't know, maybe it's just maybe it's just there because it's the introduction, and you're trying to make your book more grandiose. But like I don't know, you, it started with when you bring out JFK conspiracies, even like not fully fleshed out, just any kind of you start leading in that direction. I'm like I don't know about this. But it is just in the introduction thus far, anyway, so. Yeah, it's got to come back. Yeah, it's definitely going to. You don't just brush on that randomly and then just forget about it. But at the same time, I could see that just being, you know, to get people in, too. I mean, I'm sure, like, I'm sure he did sketchy things with it. And Della's, like, uh, from everything I've, you know, looked at, he's just a fucking monster. But, uh, you know, JFK conspiracies, ugh. Um, uh, wow, man. Yeah. Stop helping Nazis. Stop being the worst. Stop. Oh, oh by the way, Richard Nixon, uh, $100,000 from a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> it, he, it was almost like a, it was like a huge scandal, uh, like when he was running for vice president, uh, but he, he, he did that fucking, uh, that's what the whole uh, Checkers speech was, like, you know, his dog Checkers, he did this speech, he's like, oh, listen, uh, a lot of people are saying I should, uh, you know, our family was, uh, given a donation, uh, from, uh, powerful people, and, uh, well, uh, but my kids love the dog, and we're gonna keep him. And that was like a uh, like a big moment for Nixon. It's like, oh, he beat this off. But oh. what he didn't mention was the hundred thousand dollars from a Nazi. That was kind of brushed under the rug. It's like, yeah, they said they they gave us a dog, and well, we're not supposed to keep it because it's it's a it, I shouldn't be getting personal contributions, but we're keeping the dog because the kids like it. What about the hundred thousand dollars from the Nazi? Uh, Mr. Nixon, what about that hundred thousand? Oh, keeping the dog. Keeping checkers. He's my dog. Keeping checkers and everything else. What? Yep, kids love the dog. Keeping it. All of it. Wait, the dog or everything? Everything. Like, what's going on? Like, oh, fuck. Like, America, you're the worst. Like, it's just just like seeing this whole, like, it's just the same shit over and over again. Like, we had FDR come in with all these, like, New Deal, like, policies that were really great for the country and, like, like, changed things for us and made the world... Made this country so much better, like social security, like all these, all these great programs. And then like the pe- these people were against it from the beginning. These like fucking right wing assholes. They're like, no, fuck that bootstraps. That's communism. Uh, it's socialism. Fuck it. Can't have it. Let's help Nazis. Dude, I really oh, don't. Oh, were, oh, were you, were you, oh, you were for, um, you were for social security? I think you might be a communist. Yeah, I helped Nazi. What about? Um, yeah. I <laughs> Some of the things that I guess super conservatives talk about, like the smaller government thing, 
always boggles my mind in certain respects. I mean, if FDR hadn't done the things he did to get our economy going again, we wouldn't be here. Like, everything would have been fucked. Yeah. I, it's horrible to imagine what our country would have become. Not that it's, I mean, it's, okay, it's not super great now, but people enjoy a large breadth of freedom, and I guess, um, We don't have encamp, we don't have giant encampments of homeless people, like, we have, we just still have homeless people, but we don't have, like, major areas that are just, like, tent cities of homeless people that have no fucking chance. True. That was happening, like, in the Depression, like, that was a thing. That's, I mean, that, and when you say it like that, that's part of history that we don't really talk about. Because they talk about, okay, after World War II, shit was crazy. We we got back on track. We got back on track. All these jobs created by the government and everyone. And we got back on track. If you heard that, like, if if you say, okay, like, there are huge populations of homeless people that live in shanty towns, not too unlike third world countries you see today, that's sobering. That's, if, I guess it's all how you frame it, but that's... That's unsettling, and all to think that we could still be there, I guess, if it wasn't for people who weren't all about bootstraps, who thought, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's take care and of as people. always, those people that fought for that are then were like like dragged through the mud and like like oh yeah they're communists yeah definitely oh they're awful I mean it's like it's like the Obamacare bullshit like Obamacare not even that great and like it's constantly oh he's a Muslim oh it's a it's a government takeover it's all, like what are you talking about why are people so afraid of the government like I understand like uh, okay 1984 great book and I bet conservatives fucking love it because they're like this is what happens when big government gets too big but that's not mm. really the message from dystopian futures right yeah. I mean, it's where humans lose track of their humanity and it gets too crazy. Like, if anything, it's not about against big government. It's about people losing track of people, like the human aspect of it. Which last time I checked, giving health (laughs) care, making sure the basic needs are met of more than just people who have always had their basic needs met is a good idea. Yeah. Why do you need less government unless you you need less regulation to do more shady stuff? Like I don't understand that argument at all. <sighs> Until I, it gets uh, I mean I just I've never under, I've never gotten to a point where I thought the government was too big in most things yeah. in practicality. You know what? The government is too big in one area and that's the fucking military. Eh, okay, true. Like I like cut that down. We like we spend more on our military than all of the other world's military combined. That's stupid. And we're wasting so much of that money, guys. Not to yeah. go on a giant soapbox against you know the government and military. We do that every once in a while. Ran back. It's fine. I want to give you. I'm to get to Toyota in a second because Japan's up to some crazy stuff. But the military wastes so much fucking money. There's so many projects about special jets or special boats that get to a certain point where they've sunk so much money into it, and the project still isn't viable. Like, this isn't just, like, an isolated incident. This has happened to, what, maybe two or three uh, major, like, let's get a new fleet of jets and planes. Okay, now let's get drones because these planes aren't ready. Um, But these, these boats and these jets, we don't have those kind of wars anymore. Those aren't the wars we have. Well, that's one reason they quit doing, uh, I want to say, like, the, the F... I, like, the fighter jet program is very different because it's all fucking drones now. Yeah. Because I could see us realistically having a drone warfare, but no one's going up in a jet anymore. Which, by the way, I just saw this number today. Um, I, I was aware of it, but uh, I just want to throw it out there while I know the actual statistic. Um, 90% of the people uh, killed uh, by our drones are not intended targets. So, 90%? Uh, yeah. 
Okay, let's let's all just agree right now. Let's not have a drone war because ninety percent of the people killed will not be will not. Well, okay. Here's the question then. Okay, now drones are one thing, and maybe because we can track drones better, I want to know how many people have died during wars that don't factor into the larger war in general. I mean, not no. to blame... Okay, look, drones are obviously a problem, our, our use of them, because, again, that's mm -hmm. taking, I guess, a human factor out of it, and just, okay, yeah, throw a machine up in the air, control it remotely. Well, it's, it's, it's worse than that. It's because of the signature strikes. Uh, we decide where to drone, uh, drone bomb based on things like a cell phone signal. And guess what? Somebody else can have a cell phone, or you can have the wrong cell phone. That ha that's happened many a times, Ooh. where they've got they think it they think this is somebody's cell phone, and it turns out that's not their cell phone. But they blow up all those people around that cell phone anyway. That's crazy. Yeah, or it's like their mother's cell phone, or like their cousin's cell phone. They 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 because they I mean they don't know whose cell phone it is. They're just guessing based on the like spying they've done to figure out whose phone it is so they've somehow tracked this to this person but it's not their phone it's just a phone they were around or using one time and just happens to then be labeled as their phone in whatever government thing says it's their phone it's insane like we can't do this stop killing can't. people Stop and killing stop, people. Just don't kill people. Like, and, just don't kill people. And until that happens, until we, like, stop that, guys, be careful about who you like. Use your phone. Strangers are drone dangers in 2016 Seriously. where drones can just, oh, wrong cell phone. Like, someone's like, hey, look, I just lost. I, I don't have my cell phone on me. Like, no, there are drones in the skies. Cannot risk it. I don't know who you are or who you're calling. They might trace my signal from your call. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, that's, okay, yeah, that's... Now I'm depressed more than I started the podcast uh, yeah, because of yeah. all these things Brad's talking about. And sorry, let's let's try to bring back some amusement or some merriment with one of my favorite places to go to for merriment, and that is the lovely Isle Nation Band. All right, because they just do. I I love their style, you know, their flair. But I do question this, Brad. So Toyota has a brand new campaign for its Prius vehicles. All right, all right. Um, uh, let, let me uh, let me just read this paragraph on this Verge article that's uh, talking about it. You know, selling hybrid electric cars in Japan is easy, as all you apparently need to do is anthropomorphize each individual component of the car and turn these characters into anime mascots that customers can buy as badges, pillows, wall hangers, um, and also parts for the car. Hold up. <laughs> Wait, so you're like your muffler has a, like a, has, has googly eyes? What are we talking about? Yes. <laughs> so basically, there there are 40 total parts to a Prius car, these new electric hybrids. Okay. And they have taken those parts, made anime characters out of them, and yeah, they refer to them as that anime character and the part name at the same time. What? Um, uh, some of them are like basic things that you would have in a car, like the transaxle has its own name and persona. It also has its likes and dislikes and its own fashion sense, just like the, um, uh, the engine itself, who also has its own style. It may dif they differ, but it takes all these parts together, even though some of them may bump heads to really I make the car go. But it also, they also... Uh, take abstract concepts and put a face <laughs> and a personality to them, like the sound of the Prius's doors closing. 
or the triangular silhouette of the car. Both of those abstract concepts have their own character, and you gotta be, you gotta be, as an owner of a Prius, you have to know all of their names, and you have to understand all of their idiosyncrasies, or I don't know so, if you're gonna be able to start the car in the morning, uh, Brad. How, how many, how many parts are there again? 40? There are 40 parts. Some of them are parts, some of them are the triangular silhouette of the car, and or the sound oh, the boy. door makes when it opens and closes. Well, I, Alex, I just want to say for the record, um, Tammy and Dan both have uh, Priuses, which means there are 80 characters in the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> well, do they have the trading card game? Because apparently you can collect trading cards. I don't Ooh. know if when you go in to have a part service where you get like special cards because you have them serviced. They're like, look, uh, we know Patty broke down. Patty, it's just what she does every once in a while. She's designed actually to break down every few. Like she just snaps. I mean, as the belt, all the belt she wears, because she's like a belt on some engine thing. I don't know what Patty does, but oh that's what happens here. Here's a special card for the card game. <laughs> here's a secret foil Patty card to use in the card game, and here's the Patty body pillow. We apologize <laughs> that she let you down. What? This is a new way to sell cars. Brad, are you for I'm or against so, it? I'm so, like, freaked. Like, this, it's too much. It's 40 into, like, each part is like, oh, God. Uh, okay, now, what's the part that, that beeps really loudly when you're backing up? Because that part is, sucks. <laughs> sure, I hate that I'm part. I'm sure it has a name. <laughs> I'm sure it has a name. The sounds of your vehicle. If the sound when of the door opening and closes, this one must have. When, when I was taking my driving test and you have, to, and you have to do, like, the backing up, like, the guy was like, oh, my God, is it just going to keep, is it just gonna keep uh, beeping like that? I was like, yes, yes, it is. It's really <laughs> annoying. I am getting really <laughs> annoyed right now. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Irving, stop it! Ir- sorry, Ir- Irving is the sound of the beeping when your Prius backs up, or at least at least uh, it is in uh, it, it is in Dan's car. I'm I'm not sure. Um, in Tammy's, I think it's I think that's I think that's Floyd. Because <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the model of your car. Every year brings a new right. uh, roster of characters and new games and new um, action figures and just you know new videos to watch. Oh, that's so. <laughs> is this? so much stuff why did they go to because so, okay talk about spending money like the amount of cash they must have spent to generate all these character personas can you imagine being in those meetings all right i need to see five or 12 characters um that represent um the brake pedal <laughs> let's talk about it now when i thought about these characters i thought about what it meant to be a break and uh, how they need they're not they like to stop they like to stop things, so these characters embody that. For every fucking part of the car, artists had to make these things. Do you think this is going to carry over to the United States? Or is this something that only Japan could really get into? This is only Japan. This is only Japan. Japan wants to live in a world where everything is, like, a weird, like, uh, personified thing. Like, just think about Mario. Think about, like, all, like, the trees with faces and, like, <laughs> everything's got a little face. It's, like, what's, what's going on? You know that now, right now, on these parts, they don't. I don't think they print actual pictures of these characters on there. But it'll get to that. You will but see. They will open they, your car, and you will see imagine faces staring back yeah. at you. But engraved. It's going to get to the point where they're like, okay, oh, yeah. look, it's not practical yeah. to engrave these things, and it adds a hundred more dollars to the part. But who fucking cares? I want to open my engine and see all of the people in my car helping me oh, out. Boy. Oh, all boy. right, shift knob. <laughs> all right, Gary. Let me just uh, press. Let me press Deborah and let's get this car started. Hey Kevin, uh, thanks for holding my coffee. Kevin, the cup holder. 
Yeah, I thought I'd give Kevin special treats. When I got uh, to the service station, I went in and got like a wet nap and just cleaned him up. Kevin's oh Kevin's secretly my favorite out of all the parts of my car. Fucking hate Derek. That safety belt always chokes me. What is his deal? It's a little weird. Um, I say all this because I also read an article this week about speculating where technology will go. Now, Brad, I don't know if you know this, but messenger apps are the most popular apps across the board. Not only on mobile devices, but on desktop devices. The ability to message people is the number one application that any human uses on technology. Makes sense, makes sense. Of course, we're doing it right now. Skype is, yeah. Skype allows Ramjack to happen. You could say that podcasts in and of themselves is a way for us to send messages to people, and if they want to, they can send messages back to us. But there's a lot of conduit you use, but it's all, it's all communication. Makes total sense. But the messenger apps in particular have gotten crazy. You know, I can believe Michio Kaku once said, oh. um, if, you, if, we, if we accept that podcasts are actually messenger devices, then therefore... <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh you boy. can have your This American Life bleeding into <laughs> your guys we fucked bleeding into your Ramjacks. And that sentence was weird to say out loud. I'm sorry I didn't... That, that came a, out of a, nowhere, and I, that was uncalled for. Oh um... But one of the things about this that they're speculating, um, a lot of these messenger apps, and I know Facebook is doing this, are having things where you can chat Facebook or chat a person that represents a company and ask them questions. And it's more than just um, a customer service representative. These people are branded as a faceless entity that is Facebook. And it's like, hey, Facebook, um, I, need, I, I, I want the... I, I want, my Deborah's broken on my Prius and I need a new Deborah. All right, cool. Let me see if I can get you one a few minutes later. Yeah, actually, there's a few uh, there's a few Deborahs uh, across the river. Um, we can have them shipped to you, get them to you later today. It'll be about $50. Is that cool? Sweet. Here's my credit card information. Thanks, Facebook. No problem. Hey, tell us how Deborah's doing when she gets into your car. And they think that something like that will ev eventually replace applications because why would I have to download an app and go through a crazy user interface when I could just message <laughs> all the apps that I need and have them do it and have them interact with me through the guise of a person? Now, you might think that's crazy. Why would I ever want that? But reading the article and thinking about it, I think that may be inevitable. Like, that might t replace, outside of, like, games, which you just can't really... Because there's different... In other medias where you read, most apps that provide a service may eventually just be a contact in your Google Hangouts that you talk to like a person. And just, there you go. Hey, Uber. Uber, are you going to come get me? Thanks, Ubs. <laughs> yeah, I got this guy named Uber. He's just always around when I need him. He just sends people out. He's like my, <laughs> my personal valet. I love him. That's gonna get weird, right? In a world where every part in your car has a smiley face looking at you, and I'm gonna assume greet you with a voice at some point, where you have to well, get worried about other parts getting jealous. Pretty soon all the parts, all the parts of your down. car are messaging devices. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and hey, Kevin, Kevin, send a message, send a message to Doris. Sorry, uh, I'm not talking to Doris right now. God damn it, Kevin, we went over this last week. Sorry, it's just she's so shiny, and I wonder when you're going to give me the Chrome job that you gave her. For you. Uh, Kevin, shut up. Oh I hate you. <laughs> What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Okay, look, the conservatives are worried. People are worried uh, about the government taking over. People are worried about 
um, communism rearing its ugly head everywhere in the world. What they didn't expect to happen was that messenger apps and the parts in your car will be the end of human civilization as we know it. Mm, mm, Just saying. Just mm, saying. It's possible. It's possible. Um, can I, uh, talking about the end of human civilization, <laughs> um, I, uh, Alex, uh, I watched Hoarders last night. Oh, God. I don't know if I'm ever going to watch Hoarders again. Brad, that's, now you know that's not, you're going to watch Hoarders again. Alex, I don't know if I am. Okay, now I'm worried. What is happening know. in the world where you are not confident in your ability to enjoy uh, Hoarders for what it is and what you love about it? What happened? I don't think it can ever be better than it was last night. Oh, so it reached a pinnacle, and it's only downhill from here. <laughs> it was so good last night. As always, guys, there's there was two episodes of Hoarders last night, and usually, like, one episode is really good, and the other one's kind of mediocre. And, okay. you know, in every episode of Hoarders, there's, they do two families. So I got four four hoarding situations I'm dealing with, um, and they were all just amazing. <laughs> it was so good. It was so fucking good oh man first of all everybody's wearing crazy hats every <laughs> motherfucker is wearing a crazy hat um you you get this one guy that's wearing like a cowboy hat that has all these feathers stuck in it it's like i don't even know it's like he spends all of his day just like screaming macaroni because that fucker is sticking feathers in his cap 24 <laughs> 7 um, we got this, like, we got this guy that was, like, the son of the hoarders, and he's arguing, his sister's, like, trying to clean out the hoard house, and he's like, you need to, you need to stop, you're just doing this to get attention, uh, you need to leave them alone, they're happy, it's like, first of all, first of all, dude, um, I don't, you don't have a chin, um, you are enormous, and you are wearing a red t-shirt and matching red shorts. You're a grown man. That's not allowed. <laughs> um, you look like an M&M, but you're wearing this like <laughs> tiny black fishing hat sort of thing. Oh, I don't God. even understand. I don't know what your rig out is, but it's amazing. <laughs> um, you got this. Um, you got this other woman that's like wearing like a straw hat. <laughs> that's crazy. You got another woman that's hoarding wigs. So like she's got all these like crazy wigs, like some Tina Turner looking shits. Um, it's insane. It's like, just what, what's on your heads? What's on your... Oh, also, the guy that looked like an M&M was throwing dead mice. Why? Like, into a trash can or at people or... Like, he, at people. Wow, like, for fun. Like... As a joke. This is, he was, like, making fun of his sister, again, that was trying to clean shit up. And he's like, oh, you, you were scared of a little mouse. You were like, oh, there's a little mouse. First of all, mice are terrifying. Um, it, it got slightly cold here in Florida, um, over the weekend. Um, we had a mouse situation the other night. Um, I do not do well with mice situations. Um, and this mouse was a bastard. It was running all over the place. <laughs> like, it was like in my room and I'm like, what are you doing in here? I got nothing for you, mouse. And it was like running around like, hey, at least, at least cloak out so I could pretend you're not here. And eventually I know you'll go away because there's nothing here for you. But no, this mouse was just fucking with me. Like, I eventually was able to get out of the room and like... <laughs> Waited out until he like left. How how big was this mouse? It was a mouse size. It was surely it was like teens weens. Like mice are tiny unless they're like field mice, and then they are. This was like uh, a they were shockingly brown, big. This was a gross brown mouse. Um, he was big and he was running all over the place. Like, and that's the thing. Like, I don't I don't like seeing them because they're too fast. I don't trust them. Mm. Like, I don't. I, again, I do not like seeing things that shouldn't be there. 
Um, That's the one reason disgusting. I dislike insects is their speed. I look at an yeah. insect and to know, like any spider, is controlling its movements in slow. It's like in slow mode until yeah. it decides to actually move. And the fact that yeah. any any animal, okay, squirrels, I give a pass to, and most mammals because they're adorable in their own way. But there's nothing adorable about a fucking insect. And those things are, if they were big enough, they would eat us. And fuck that. Creatures should not be in your house. It's gross. Agreed. Agreed. Um. Yeah, yeah, it was bad. It was bad. But this guy's just throwing mouse on. Oh, she was scared of a mouse. Yeah, she's scared of a mouse because it's a mouse in a house. Doesn't belong there. And he's like, got a dead mouse. He's like, and he's like throwing it at like his brother to put in the garbage. And she's like, oh, that's gross. What are you doing? He's like, oh, you're just scared of a mouse? You're throwing a dead mouse. <laughs> you look like an Eminem and you're throwing a dead mouse. So that's one hoarder. Um, there's another, uh, there's this other woman. She has a toilet full of maggots. Oh, uh. Gross! You got maggots in your toilet. What the hell's going on? Uh, like what was in the toilet? Because maggots feed to... off things, so there must be food well, in the toilet. Well, it's hard to tell because the toilet, basically the inside was just black. Well, it was also like writhing with maggots as well because it's yeah, it was it was maggots, it was blackness and maggots. Ah, uh, that is. Gross. And they had, they had to take the toilet out, and as they're taking out, like it's some of it, like the toilet like broke, and like some of the some of it like sloshed out, and it's like, oh. ah! no. so at upsetting. That, at at that point, burn it down. That that's a straight up. Burn the, We have to. We have to burn, burn it all down. Burn it all down. Um. Now, and I haven't even gotten to the best yet. Oh fuck. So. Oh god. Then we got this other family. <laughs> Uh, that's got, like, it's this dude, and, like, ugh, he's, like, the worst. Like, um, but I, I, when an episode of Hoarders makes me sympathize for the hoarder, you know that the family is bullshit. Oh, yeah. Um, so, this dude had, like, a massive porn collection. And it's in his hoard. And so, at one point, um, it's, it's pretty fucking hilarious. <laughs> because, um, like, you know, his, his, his mother and his two sisters are there helping clean up. <laughs> um, and like they're all outside and he's like sorting through things and they've just been you know down in the uh, you know down in the living room and cleaning stuff out um, cleaning out his you know all of his dirty diapers uh, um, because he uses like the pins um, and he just puts uh. them, he just has like a garbage bag full of them overflowing in the living room um, so they've been kind of taking care of that situation cleaning some stuff up um, so then, one point, he's like, he's talking, he's talking to the He's like, oh, uh, can I just, can I just get you to just, uh, just get rid of these things? Just get rid of the. I don't want them to see what this is. Could you just get rid of this? And and the family's like, what's going on over there? He's like, oh, um, yeah, and um, th- yeah, and that's just a wire that goes to the uh, to the speaker. So don't worry about that. Also, could you just get rid of these? Uh, this is. Could you just, just, yeah, just, just, just get, if you get rid of that. I just, I really appreciate. It. Just if you could just like secretly get rid of that. Oh, and yeah, no, that that over there is just that's just uh that's part of the uh that's uh, that's the phone cord. So don't worry about that. Um, uh, yeah, and that's just. So it's a book, and if you could just, if you could, <laughs> just doing this, uh, this side, this side, like, hey, could you just do this? But it's hey. like, it's really obvious, and they're all close enough that they can. I'm pretty sure they can hear what he's saying. <laughs> but he's just talking to the side. Hey, could you, if you could just take care of this stripper thought? Um, but like, and then at one point, he's like, um, I would really, I would just prefer that the family's not upstairs cleaning uh, the bedroom. I would just prefer if somebody else could take care of that, or if I could go up and do that. If it's just somebody, I, I just would like them not to. And they're just like, no, they're here to help. They're gonna, you know, they need to, they need to do this. He's like, no, I really just kind of wish that. Could we just not? Could we? And he's like sweating bullets. 
Do they find out? Do they just look into the room and they're like... Do they find out? (laughs) (laughs) They go up there and first they start finding all these porn magazines. Um, And then they start finding um, like... Uh, garter belts and like women's lingerie and wigs and cross-dressing paraphernalia um and it has i feel like it's strata so there was like the magazine layer then like the cross-dressing layer then they find all of the dildos (laughs) Um, just ridiculous like so many (laughs) like how many do you need um all the sizes and shapes and so many um, and then, wow. like, they, then they find, like, all the, like, this bondage stuff and, like, like, S&M, like, and this one, like, this one sister is, like, kind of freaked out by it. Um, but the other sister, oh, fuck this bitch. Because she starts, like, crying and, like, getting, like, f- flipping out. And I'm like, Lame. um, ugh, fuck you. Like, what is your deal? Like, why... I, if you want to be like, oh, I don't, I don't want to think about my brother like this. This is gross. Oh, creepy. Fine. But you are like, you're just being a judgmental bitch, and it was the worst. And then she comes out there and yells at him. He's like, how could you? How could you? How, how could you do that? How could you um, not warn us about that? And blah. That's oh, blah, blah. and it's like, calm down, you grandstanding bitch. Like you are the fucking worst. Like first of all, he he didn't want you guys going up there. So clue one. Wait, time out. I, I'm sorry if I've missed this in the in the discussion. So these people haven't lived with him? Like, they don't... Cause... No. Just, they they okay, just so came he, to help. Okay, they came to help. And he keeps all of his porn in the second floor where no one would ever go there but him because it's his private sanctuary. Yeah, yeah it's his bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, just his, hoarded out, it's his gross hoarded out bedroom. It's but, his sex hoard. But, yeah, there's there's porn all up in that hoard. Wow. But, yeah, then his sister's, like, all just, like, getting angry about... And it's and it's just judgmental. It's really like self-righteous and like fucking awful. And it was like, uh, grow up. Like you're adults. <laughs> like get over it. So that was that was yeah that was upsetting but insane. Like how do you let how do you not like take find some if you, find some way to take care of that before like your family goes up to clean up that hoard? Yeah. Just get rid of that porn. Like you gotta. There's gotta. You know the show's coming, right? You know this is gonna be on television, right? so i don't i don't yeah questionable um then all right i gotta talk to you about this woman alex because this woman is like a champion hoarder (laughs) this woman this old like crazy woman like first of all she was like really awesome like she was like she was letting people throw things away like she was fine but she couldn't get rid of things herself so at one point uh matt paxton rolls in and he's like listen um i just need i need to you know uh, it's great that you're letting us clean this up and you're letting things go, but I need you to like be able to do this yourself. So I just want you to find two things, two things in here that I can throw away right now. And she can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> like she just can't. She's having so much trouble. And eventually she's like, well, I guess that 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 Pringles can there, and it's just an empty Pringles can. And she's like stressing out about throwing away this Pringles can. And so eventually she lets him throw away the Pringles can. So then Matt Paxton's like around wow. looking for something to, to throw away, and he's like, "Well, what about this?" And he picks up a dead, flat rat. Uh. She convinces him to let her keep the rat <laughs> because it's a conversation piece. She can make it into wow. art. She can macrame the dead rat. Alex, she wants to macrame a dead rat as an artistic conversation piece. 
Are there any other Mikey m- macrame pieces in the room? Probably. In the <laughs> I mean, just by law no, of averages. In, in my mind, probably. Like, like most hoarders, they never fulfill. Yeah, their, I'm sure she's their, never. The hoard like, never reaches its destiny, except maybe when the collections. Like, dude had a lot of pornography and or sexual yeah. um, uh, toys and whatnot. That hoard has reached, has a purpose. Yeah. The yeah. bear hoard had a purpose. Mm-hmm. The dead rat this... Makime dreams, there's no purpose to that. No, no. Oh, it was amazing. And then, like, and and then it was great because, like, after that little uh, thing, they cut to, like, an interview segment with Matt Pax, and he's like, I can't believe she convinced me to let her keep the dead rat. <laughs> like, wow. Matt Paxton, like, you. What happened? <laughs> So this guy, the dark side, like what's happening? So he didn't. They didn't throw anything away. Well, I, she, uh, th- they didn't throw away that dead rat. Um, like she let him clean out, but she just she could not like do it. She like she let people throw things away, but she couldn't make the decision. She wasn't capable of like throwing things away herself. That is crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. It was amazing. It was so good. It was so good. <laughs> God, I, I want to find Hoarder streaming now just so I can see these episodes. Oh. One for the crazy hats. Go to so AMD.com. So how did the one with the pornography in? Because for, for some reason, that one is the most interesting to me, that this guy would be adamant, like, yeah, 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 just move the couch. Listen, we cannot go upstairs. Can you just go upstairs and, like, just just, just burn it? Just burn it all. Just burn it so they don't see it. Yeah, well, yeah we'll go upstairs. We'll go upstairs. We'll go upstairs. We'll go upstairs. Oh. Like, like, and that I, guy was sweating. He was sweating so hard. Like it was like you could see it in his eye because in the you know in like the trailer like you already we already knew there was a bunch of porn in like in the horde so like we're just watching because we already know what's happening and he's just sweating and looking nervous. <laughs> It's so good. It's so good. So what what happened to these hordes? Can you take me through like all the horde happenings? Um, because as we know, the one they brought back all the teddy bears. The horde right. returned. So no, I think I think um I think for the well like the the family that had like the the throwing the mice um they they let them clean up enough that they had entranceways and exits that they could get to if there was an emergency um but they it didn't get like didn't get fully cleaned up and their bedroom was still a nightmare but they they could en- enter and exit um then uh the what was the other one with that one um uh that it was that one and then the porn guy um they they got his place cleaned up and cleaned out um so, um, then the one, uh, the, the one with the crazy old lady that wanted to keep the flat rat, they got that place, uh, cleaned out and looked, it looked nice, uh, um, and, uh, oh, and the other one, the woman with all the wigs, they got her place cleaned out, but, like, I think it looked worse after. Because, <laughs> like, the house itself just, had fallen. Because, yeah, the house had, like, fallen apart, like, there was, like... Uh, there was just like holes in the wall like there was uh, Illyrio pointed this out because he watched it live uh, last night as well uh, like ha- like the light switch covers were like missing like I don't understand like you realize how bad a shape that house was in there's like holes in the floor like I- there's a lot of problems with that house um, and I like covering up all that garbage kind of made you not realize how gross that house was it needs a lot of spackle and a lot of paint so what's crazy and what seems to happen in most hoarding houses is sometimes it is the house is falling apart and my hoard obsession is a way for me to keep the house standing. 
If my magazines have to go to the ceiling in every room, if that's the right. only thing keeping the skeleton of this house up, so be it. It's a win-win for them until it all comes down. Until there's goats eating the wall and coming into your house. Or there's rats Seriously. flattened that you need to macrame. Like, you're not gonna stop watching Hoarders. That, but that is, we are in peak Hoarders right now. There's no, there's, there's only down from here, right? Like, what could I, I, make I, the I, next two episodes transcend I these? I can't imagine. I, Other, I, if, 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 like, if I never saw another episode of Hoarders, I would be going out on such a high. Interesting. So you're not, okay, we're not even humoring the concept that you're not going to watch Hoarders again. Oh, I can't Because you're not going to not, gonna not yeah, you, you have yeah. to. I have, so, I have to watch Hoarders. Well, that's an awesome dream that you could just quit now and then be like, you know what was an awesome show? Hoarders. And I love that last episode and never speak it. And when everyone's like, I thought there were more, yeah. just shut them up. Nope. Listen, it's like, it's I like will. like the Pembrokes. Pembrokes, uh, only, only family. Only family. Um... The only way I think that this could the show could reach a higher state for you is if someone you knew was on the show. Yeah. So listeners, if you're hoarders, please um, reach out to me, and then I'm gonna reach out to hoarders. <laughs> also, I want to be on your episode of hoarders. Just let me be your friend. Like, let me let me come in and help. I'll be that friend that's like. I, I, you know, I had never actually been into their house, and oh my god, oh my god, I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know, uh, how did you live like this? I'm so sorry, I should have helped you, I didn't know. I could be that friend. You could be the friend. I just have to, I'm sorry, I have to step outside, I have to, I have to step outside, oh my god, oh my god, it's burning my nose. <laughs> I could be that friend. <laughs> Let me be that friend. Was it Hoarders that had the guy that was playing the piano when they came in that one time? <laughs> yes. <laughs> if he came oh, back on the Jim, show, like Jim. If, if, <laughs> so I'm not only is it someone, not only is it someone you know, but Jim is back, and like they didn't <gasps> even know he was back. They were like, "What, Jim? <sighs> Have you been on the show before?" I do not know what you're talking about, but I'm a Guys, everybody, download the A&E app. Uh, go on to A&E.com. Watch those hoarders. They're special, beautiful memories. Find that gym <laughs> episode. It's a real classic. Wow. Wow. I love it. I love it so much. Like, I know X-Files came back last night, but fuck that. Uh, hoarders <laughs> is where it's at. You want to be creeped out? Turn off the lights and watch hoarders. It's scary. Before we get into Mr. Belvedere, Brad, I, I have an, another TV update that might interest you. Speaking of TV shows. Okay. Um, so, CBS has ordered a pilot for a new TV series based on a book. A very, well, quasi-popular book. I'm not actually sure how popular it was. Um, uh, where they bring Nancy Drew to present day. We're coming on. <laughs> But rather than portraying her as the teenage sleuth she's, you know, become famous for in the books, movies, and previous shows, the network intends its Nancy to be a detective for the NYPD. What the fuck? In her 30s. Um, hey, listen, I'm I'm gonna fucking burn that shit to the ground. (laughs) Listen, Jughead wears a crown and eats hamburgers. Nancy Drew is a girl detective. She solves mysteries. She's not... Well, I mean, there are detectives on the force. She's just working for the NYPD. No. 
She is a little girl that solves mysteries. She is not a detective for the she's police. Not a, she's not a little girl. She's like a teenager. I think her earliest thing was like a tween. She might have been 13 when she solved her first mystery that we know of. I don't know. She's I, not I an adult. She's Drew. not an adult. Well, now she's 30, bro. Nancy Drew can't drink. Here's, the, here's another awesome thing. Nancy Drew cannot fuck. <laughs> Nancy, you march right back in <laughs> to, those, to the 1960s. Um, also, um, she will not be played, um, by a white actress. They have said emphatically, regardless of how they write this, she will not be Caucasian. Okay, that's, that's fine. That's um, great, I think. But, you know what she can't, you know what she can't do? She can't be a detective for the police because she's a child. She's underage. Deal with it. Well, she saw it like... Can't do it. Not allowed. What if she's masquerading as a 30-year-old, but everyone says, you look kind of young for 30. She's like, oh, how dare you ask a woman her age? That would be amazing. That would be great. Because then she's I, okay. playing the All police right. if department. We, if it's like a 15-year-old that's like pretending to be an adult, then I'll and allow it. And still solving mysteries for the still police department. Mysteries. Like, still solving like mysteries. Just like a regular, yeah. At that point, it's like her and Jessica Fletcher should team up. Why didn't Jessica Fletcher and Nancy Drew ever hook up? I want to see that crossover. Hmm. But then I also wonder, is it going to be like NYPD Blue, Nancy Drew? Like, is it, is it, are they just going to take an established, uh, suspense crime drama and just add her as the subtitle? Like, CSI, Nancy Drew. Like, Nancy or is Drew it her is own Nancy Drew 16 shoe? years old. Le- oh, later on, they tried to age her up to 18 years old. She's a 16-year-old in New York that's bored because she's wicked smart. And she's, you know, lives a privileged life as a rich kid. So she's going to go undercover in the NYPD just to solve local crimes, give back. Can't get an internship, so she's gonna go get a job. This is gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome. Listen, if we live in a world where Nancy Drew is an adult, adult like police officer, um, then we might live in a world where Jughead doesn't wear a crown and eat hamburgers, and right. that world can go fuck itself. I will burn that world to the ground. I will burn it to the ground. Hey, <laughs> world. World, is it getting warm? That's not global warming. That's me burning you to the ground! <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves. We don't know if there's not going to be a crown and a hamburger. Scene one. <laughs> Minute one of Riverdale yet. So let's watch not yourself. let's you not watch get yourself anchor up. Watch yourself, CW. You better watch yourself. I'm coming for you. CBS? I'm already there. <laughs> Feel that heat? CBS? I wanna see what's going on in there. <laughs> I'm here to see the Nancy Drew pilot. Are you feel are you feeling the burn? That's not Bernie Sanders coming. That's me. Feel this burn. <laughs> Where did that window on set come from? Uh hello, CBS! <laughs> <gasps> you know, Michio Kaku once said, "If you could open up a window and throw, uh, uh, throw, uh, uh, um, throw some flames through it, then uh, maybe uh, you could just uh, burn the whole fucking thing to the ground." <laughs> Guys, I, I want to s- mention this too, really quick, before we um, continue with uh, the awesomeness that is Belvedere. So I I moved recently to Ohio. Everyone knows this. I bought a house. Um, I had to get a new license, and now I'm at the point where I have to get new insurance. Common practice, it's what happens. You you can only have insurance for one state or another. It's fine. Um, and it's been a while since I bought it, because normally I just got it, auto-renew, whatever. I look over it. It's, it's cool. It's cool. Uh, before the show, I started um, 
fulfilling for the uh, auto insurance through Progressive, and I stopped because they offer something called Snapshot. Have you heard about this? No. They say, hey, you want to get auto insurance? Um, enroll in Snapshot. We'll give you a discount this time. We'll send you a device in the mail to plug into your car and uh, keep it in your car for six months. Send it back to us. And um, uh, yeah, we'll change your uh, your auto rate based on what information we get from you. Is that, a good, is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's called Snapshot, so I'm already not like... It's not called, like, it doesn't have a name like all the other parts of my car, so I already distrust it because it's called yeah. a snapshot. And I can't introduce a foreign body like something just called snapshot into a car. Yeah, if, it was called, if it was called Sammy and it wore a, a jaunty cap, oh, yeah. well, maybe. Then the other parts in the car would appreciate it. The headrest would be like, right. all right, we'll let this guy come in. Yeah. The shadow below my dashboard would be okay with it because it also has exactly. a name and a personality. Well, that isn't a shadow. That's a shadow person. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> he also wears a jaunty hat. Wow. Um, I thought this was weird. Like, I don't know, like... Yeah, that's just who's like... Who's taking the bait uh, for this? Nothing about uh, this can be right. No, I'm nothing good Your policy that. will almost always be more because Definitely. it's gonna it's gonna realize, oh, most people probably speed when no one's paying attention. Your yeah. insurance is going up. We can't have that. They yeah, that's they, a really they, bad idea. They think they could get me with this snapshot. Good thing I have Ramjack to talk it through with. Hmm. Friends, it's that super special time of the week where we chat about our dear, dear friend, Mr. Belvedere. Streets on the China, never met it before, who cares? Guys, something else we do every time we watch an episode of television or a movie is pit ourselves against time in an <laughs> epic battle. Um, essentially, we have to summarize the episode of television... Um, as close to a minute as possible without going over to win, to beat back time. If we do it below 55 seconds, that's stupid. You're chump. And you get something called the chump music, which you do not want to hear. No. If it's between 55 and a minute, you win. If it's a minute on the dot, you're a brave heart, which is what we all strive for day in, out, day in and day out. If you go over a minute, oh, you've forgotten. Mm. You, you've forgotten who you are and what this podcast and nation stand for what Belvedere stands for and you lose guys this week it is my turn to open up that Michukaku curtain and fight whatever's on the other side in this case it's time with my summary with my words Alex imagine if you will you <laughs> open a window two time oh and imagine if you open that window two time you're required to fight time and if that were possible, then it's possible that time could be a warrior. And if time is a warrior, then let's just say that it's possible that Alan Dulles could have hired time to maybe uh, rescue some Nazis and then use that to fight good, honest people for his own wars with the CIA. Huh. Well... And if we can imagine all that to be possible, <laughs> oh boy, then maybe then just maybe. shadow people. You mean the thing that lives in my car and has a name and yeah. is really grinding the gears? Mm. <laughs> Who's called Gladys? Oh, uh, guys, the future is crazy. Um, uh, but let's let's tackle the time now, Brad. I got my Alex clock box time. ready. Sixty seconds on the clock. To get as close to a minute without going over or ridiculously under as possible. Take a moment to collect your thoughts. 
Are you ready? I think I can do this. All right, the episode is Fear of Flying. And you will be going in three, two, one, go. So Angela and um, Heather uh, have a book report to do, and Heather's upset because Angela stole her freaking book report. Why did she steal it? Because she's blonde and she gets everything she wants. So Heather decides to dye her hair blonde and write a report about what it's like on the other side of hair color. She finds out that it's actually pretty baller. Um, she gets asked out on a date by a popular guy. Her mom is happy because now they'll think that her blonde hair is real. And at the end of the episode, Heather doesn't really learn anything, and she almost ruins her friendship with Angela because Angela's the blonde. Uh, but they become back friends, and uh, they end up both having brown hair at the end, which you're like, what? But the real story here, sadly, is George being afraid of flying because he doesn't want to go to a play on a plane. So he has to have Belvedere take him on a Ferris wheel, which ends horribly. Then he starts, like, a whole group of people that have, like, a self-help group for people who can't fly. They end up flying. Twist part, Belvedere's on the plane and gets scared because the landing gear won't go down. It ends up going down, but Belvedere's scared. Um, And George can fly now. That's it. One minute, one second. Fuck! You've forgotten! Brad, this is almost because that's what you got last time. One minute, yes. one second. So yeah. something's off in the continuum of. Guys, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that we it's forgot two weeks in a it's, row. It's as though the time is possibly a warrior. Therefore, oh boy, cockooed. We got cockooed. We're getting cockooed. Uh, the stakes, here, the stakes remain at the bottom level. Sorry, sorry. I thought I had it. I thought I had it. One minute, one second. Hey, it's close, but as you're you're right, Brad. We forgot. We'll get back in touch with ourselves next week. Hopefully. Um, so first things first, um, did you recognize the voice of the pilot? No. Who's the pilot? He also does the voice of Man at Arms on He-Man. <gasps> and also does the voice of Skeletor. No way! Yep. Like I, I recognize because his natural voice sounds like Man at Arms. Um, and I, as soon as I heard, I was like, "Wait, is that possibly?" And I looked it up, and yep, that's the it's uh, Alan Oppenheimer who does the voice of Man at Arms and Skeletor and like a billion other characters on He-Man. Wow! And like a billion just voices in general, like it's kind of crazy. He does all the voices. So many things are crossing over, man. So many things are just like again, Belvedere's great. So, the episode opens with a fly harassing Mr. Belvedere making a salad. It buzzes around Belvedere's head, it lands on the salad, and Belvedere takes a salad spoon and whacks it. And then even and realizes in that moment, oh dear, like, whoopsie, I didn't mean to actually ruin the salad and put a bug inside of it. Don't see, we don't see what happens to the bug. For all we know, it's still in the salad. Yeah, that's, that's a joke that doesn't even play out. It's... Yeah. It just ends because Heather walks in and Belvedere, it's done. <laughs> it's almost like, was the fly real, do you think? Or is Belvedere going crazy in the Owens house? Because I, there's not a fly. Obviously, we don't see a fly. We hear the sound and Belvedere strikes the salad. It's so crazy because, like, this opening, like, goes on forever. It really does. Like, it's like, it's a solid way. I'm looking right now. Yeah, it's about three minutes until we get to the to the theme song. So, like, I don't know, we're setting up a lot of stuff in this cold open. We got Belvedere with a salad, then then Heather rolls in, and she's all pissed off. Um, Angela's at her heels, asking her, look, don't be mad, are you still mad? 
She stole the topic. She was going up to the teacher to get her the topic for her paper approved. Um, and then Angela, like, sniped and was like, I'm going to do that. And the teacher was like, well, whatever, Savvy Angela, it's yours. Yeah, and Heather's mad. See, I guess that's what happened because Heather forgives Angela. Angela leaves. Um, she calls Mr. Belvedere, like, something, I think, gallbladder or something, which I think yeah. she's called him before, Savvy. What's, you're slipping on your game a little bit, girl. And I know it's season Definitely. six and it's fine, but... Um, she's, she's slipping on her fashions a little bit, too, because, like, in this opening scene... I don't know what she's wearing, but I feel like it's... You're not a fan of her mustard shirt? <laughs> it's like five sizes too big. It's so, like, ridiculously huge. Has she gotten taller? She seems... I, I know that's almost impossible, because these are... I mean, I guess they're still kids, but they've got to be, like, 18 or 19 at this point. Like, the actors themselves have to be older than what they're playing. I No, I don't think I don't think she's any taller. I think it's just that this their clothes are so gigantic that it just makes her look like a football player. It does look like she's got some shoulder pads, which, yeah. you know, was of the time. But she leaves, and that's when Heather says, I am so fucking mad at Angela. She stole my idea. But the way Heather describes it, I'm not 100% sure she actually stole anything. Because, okay, Brad says, and I guess this is the proper theory, that Heather was really excited about this, um, um... I guess, idea she had for paper, which I already forget because the other idea Belvedere gives her is way better anyway. Oh, is, is intelligence nurture or nature? Right. Like, is it something you inherit or is it something that you're born with? Which, okay, I guess, especially in this time, would be fun. Her and Angela go up and then it's given to Angela. Well, if no, someone... Heather, Heather says that she went up to um, ask the teacher to approve it because I guess the teacher has to approve what their paper topic is. Um... And but how can a teacher give another student's idea to another student? Like, that's weird, right? Yeah, I, I don't. That's weird. Yeah, it's, well, it's Savvy Angela. I mean, like, she True. gets what she wants. She gets what she wants. <laughs> Come on. So Come on. Heather's mad, and Belvedere says, look, have you ever heard of this book? Why don't, you, why, don't, why don't you do something about this whole blonde thing? Because Heather thinks it's all because Angela's blonde. He, like, he, suge- he suggests, um, like, the book uh, uh, Black Like Me, um, where, where somebody, uh, um, <laughs> you're just going to, like, leave it. He's, what are you hearing about this book? <laughs> I was hoping you'd remember the title because I, I couldn't remember Yeah, it. it's a Black Like Me, and he's like, um, a person dressed up like an African-American so that they could, um, also, uh, Mr. Belvedere is now played by Dr. Hazlitt. Um, there you go. <laughs> A person dresses as an African-American so they can find out what the experience was like. And I was really, for a split second, I was like, oh, God, Heather's going to put on blackface, and it's going to be a joke. So I'm like, please don't do that. Please don't do that. But luckily, no, she takes the hint, and she's like, I should dye my hair blonde. Yeah, because she's going to write her paper on how much easier it is to be a blonde in life. Like, is there an advantage of being blonde? What what do your looks give you? No. And that's a good paper, which Belvedere says, that's a way better paper. Just do fucking, just do that. Yeah. But Belvedere also says something about when she says that Angela's going to be doing the paper on nature versus nurture with intelligence. Belvedere says something like, well, she he says something to the effect that um, in Angela's case, that's not what happened. Now, the joke, I guess, is supposed to be that she isn't intelligent. But I wonder if it's a cloaked like maybe she can't she fought against the odds and is still super savvy Angela. Mm. Because we all know her dad is Goulet and we speculate her mom. Didn't we speculate it might be like, who is her mom? She, we don't know. We, we don't know. No, we clue, don't know. No, clue. no clue. No clue. No clue. Some groupie. Some groups. Um, so I thought that was pretty neat. Um, so yeah, Heather's decided to dye her hair blonde. Yeah. They go. Into, um, they go ahead. Cut to the living room. 
Uh, Kevin comes downstairs. I guess he's living there now. I just guess he's living at home again. Um, he pops downstairs and picks up a magazine of Turf Today magazine. <laughs> Turf Today. <laughs> no clue. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming it's sports, like the the AstroTurf, oh, or yeah. it could be On it could turf. be a garden, like a lawn enthusiast who just loves turf. The back of the magazine seems to have smokestacks on it, so I don't know what's going on. It could also be the update of the gangs in the pit mm. protecting their turf. <laughs> they put out a magazine. <laughs> turf today. Did you like the Warriors? Great. Read the magazine. Oh boy. Pit's got its um, turfs. Go ahead. So, yes, Wesley T is coming up with a list of chores that he can do while his parents are out of town for the weekend. Um, and his plan is to uh, clean out the closets. Uh, then he's going to charge for people to make out in his closets. <laughs> to which Kevin says, don't you mean just stand in the closet and hug each other very tightly? <laughs> exactly. In silence. In silence. <laughs> it was so weird. <laughs> Oh boy, these kids. It's a different time, different place. Yes. So Belvedere. Weird the pit. Yeah, Belvedere basically comes in and ruins. It says, "Guys, I'm going to be here this week. All your plans for mischief. Let's just assume that they're not. We're not going to do it this week." Marsha and George roll in and they say, "We're about to leave. We're going to go to the big city and see the play of the odd, the odd, odd, odd couple." No, or- the new, new, new odd couple. Yeah, okay. That makes more sense than odd, odd, odd couple. I apologize. <laughs> the odd, odd, odd. They're very odd. Imagine, if you will, looking through a window and seeing an odd couple. But imagine, if you will, if you looked through another window and it was even odder. Therefore, each window makes the couple more odd. Imagine, if you will, as well, that the uh, glass inside is double-paned with the nitrogen inside to keep the heat from escaping into both universes, or houses, as you might say, and then there's another reflection. Now, if that's possible, then isn't it possible that one of those odd couples could possibly harness that reflection into a shadow person? I'm just asking questions. I'm just cock-going everything. (laughs) It's an analogy! Not anymore. It helps. It stopped, it stopped being an analogy a while ago, Kaku. <laughs> Kaku, it's a problem now. It's an obsession, mm. and it's gotten out of hand. <sighs> so, yeah, I'm just there... asking questions and speculating wildly. Like, it's really shameless at this point. It's like, <laughs> is there an idea in what you just said? It's... No. There has to be an idea before you start the analogy. You can't just start an analogy and just hope you come across an idea, cock who. Well, like, what I like to do is I like to start an analogy. Then if you imagine me creating an analogy, if I looked through a window and saw myself creating this analogy, and I could possibly take from that new ideas and put those with my own ideas and create a stronger analogy, then imagine, if you will, if that's possible, that there possibly could be another window looking at me, even I adding more levels to the analogy and if that's all possible then who's to say (laughs) oh boy here we go so george and uh marsha are leaving george's like we got to go get the train to the big city and marsha's like why the fuck are we taking a train first off can you take a train from the pit to the big city (laughs) i don't know that's a that's a that's a long train ride and she says, let's just go get a flight. Because you can just go to an airport in the 80s, early 90s and just go it on a plane like no big deal. 
I love also they haven't get discussed. They haven't discussed their plans at all. No, they're not like at all. about to walk out the door. They're going to be gone for the weekend. George has bought train tickets. Marsh's like, I don't want to take the train. Let's just fly. You got to plan this out. I don't care if it's like the '80s, and you can just go hop a plane to New York. Um, you bought train tickets. Yeah. Like, how did you not talk about this? Also, and then, um, well, let's just get, let's just get there. Um, so George is like, well, I just thought we could take the train. It's more scenic. Let's just fly. And then George does this voice. Yeah, the voice. I don't understand. But he's like, I, all right, I'm afraid of flying. And it's such like a weird, like little, like character voice. I was like, is this a joke? Oh, wait, no, the episode is called Fear of Flying. Huh. But the way he says it, like, even, like, with the different voice, the way he affects the words is strange. It's almost like, yeah, I'm not going, I'm not going. Because I'm scared of flying! Like, it's like some sort of weird non-George thing. It's so thing. weird. It's so weird. I don't know if he thought it was going to be, like, a laugh line or what. I just, I don't understand what's happening. Because I'm scared of flyings! What did you just say? <laughs> Jar Jar Binks? Did George just turn into Jar Jar Binks? What happened? <laughs> so George goes out, and that's that's when we finally cut to the credits. Everyone goes into the kitchen and is like, George, what the fuck, man? He's been afraid of flying for a while at this point. I don't remember what started it. Um, has he been? Because what about when he was in Russia last year? Yeah, <laughs> How'd he get when there? he was in Russia. Did he take a boat to Russia? Did he take a boat from the pit to Russia? He took a train to the coast and then rode a dolphin and then a train. It got weird. Like, this seems like a pretty recent phobia. So, the trip's canceled, right? Like, they don't go. Yeah! This but is... you've already got those train tickets, just take the train! Take the train! they don't go. <laughs> it's so weird. So, yeah, they basically like, George, you need to get help. We didn't realize this was happening. Later, Kevin walks into the living room, and this is probably the best scene in Belvedere. Oh, this is the best. This is the scene we've been waiting for. Yes. Heather, wa- uh, not Heather. Jo- uh, Kevin walks in. He looks across the room, and there, st- staring into an empty closet for reasons we can only speculate at, because it's the bit, and they love to do that. There's a there's a blonde, and he's like, "Oh, Heather's Heather's friends are here." He's all, "Hey, what's up? I'm Kevin. I'm Heather's uh, brother." You know, the one in college? Hey, hey, baby, what's your name? What's going on? She turns around, and it's Heather in a blonde wig, or she's dyed her hair blonde. Yeah, yeah, Heather has dyed her hair blonde. <laughs> much like uh, much like uh, Angela <laughs> later dyes her hair brown. <laughs> I love that the sound of whatever just went off in your room, it was almost like a... a, a but like, did it, did it, did it. Like, you made a joke and it <laughs> accompanied you. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely what happened. Definitely what happened. Um, so she turns around and says, Kevin, Kevin, that is so sick. You're so sick. So and he's like, Dirty, sick. You're dirty, so dirty, dirty. dirty, nasty. And he's like, Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I didn't realize you changed your hair from the back. You look like any other broad. But your hair does look good, but not in that way. Now, oh most people would see this as a funny play on the incest. 
that may be around the show. But listeners of our show and diehard fans of Belvedere who have taken the time to deconstruct it as Brad and I have know that this is not a hint at incest. This is, she's disgusted because the thought of Kevin being turned on by another woman with blonde hair is sending her into a rage. This is what she hates. This is like fucking dirty. How dare you? Like another woman other than me. He's like, don't. Casey all over again. This is Casey all over again. I, I, I had you come back to the house for a reason. Not so, you, not so you can come chasing after some blonde skirt. So, yeah, he's like, all right, I love, I love the hair. Do what you got to do. I'll see you later. Okay. So um, later on, uh, we get to we get Belvedere comes outside talking to George, and he comes up and he's got two mugs. He's like, so uh, coffee or tea? I love he's made both. Just take your pick. I'll drink the other one. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. Um, and he's like, Georgia, you know, I can help you, uh, I can help you get over your, uh, fear of flying. Belvedere's up to something in this episode, or something's happening to him, between the weird fly thing and this sudden, take your pick, I made two beverages, I'll drink whichever one you're not having. That's weird. That's weird yeah. behavior from Belvedere. Duffo. Um, so we cut to, like, a carnival, and we see they're up on a Ferris wheel. <laughs> um, I, 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 it wasn't made clear that George had a fear of heights. <laughs> He's yeah. a fear of, be- of flying. He's a fear of being on a plane. Well, no. Supposedly. Here's the thing, Brad. I think it's a fear of flying itself. Not a plane so much as the idea of being propelled through the air without your control. And Belvedere tells him that. It's like, look, your fear of flying is because you're you're not in control. So let's get on the Ferris wheel. We'll go up. George is freaking out. The kids are freaked out around him because... Uh, they see an adult freaking out on the Ferris wheel. Some of the kids in the other baskets are like, I'm getting scared. They throw popcorn at him, to which Belvedere's like, thank you so much. And he starts just eating the popcorn that someone threw at him. That's Belvedere, gross. that's gross. Um, that's been in a kid's gross hand. And the kid's been on a Ferris wheel, like touching like the bar of the Ferris wheel. And then he put his gross kid hand in that popcorn and they threw it at you. And now you're eating it. <laughs> Not just that, but, like, handling the balls to throw at the bottles to knock them over. Probably probably dropped something and picked it up off the dirt ground. He probably lives in a hoarder house, too. They're probably at that carnival just to get out of the hoarder house for a little while. (laughs) Just to get away for a little bit. An escape. But, so, the reason that they're still on the Ferris wheel is because the Ferris wheel has become stuck. Now, one guy gets a ladder and comes up to their uh, bucket... Because I'm not, I should be calling it a seat or a bat. I'm not sure what you call the little things on a Ferris wheel. And he's like, hey, guys, let's get down. Come on, come on down. And George is um, like, we're not going down. Fuck no. Like, the, because they they seem to be, like, um pretty much near the top of the Ferris wheel. Oh, yeah. And the idea of a ladder coming up, and this seems to be a tall Ferris wheel and a giant fucking ladder. And you're gonna just, you're gonna climb out of the Ferris wheel seat and onto a. Fuck no. <laughs> I'll die up there first. I'm not, cl- first of all, I'm not climbing down a ladder that's that tall. That's not safe. Um, second of all, no. <laughs> I will say, after seeing the notebook and Ryan Gosling climbing all over a Ferris wheel, I don't think it'd be as scary unless it was a big Ferris wheel. Like, if it's the one in London that um, I went on when I visited, that would be terrifying. But at that point, everyone's getting out through a helicopter. There's no... But if it's like an old, dinky Ferris wheel, I think you can actually shimmy down those pretty easily without a lot. George is 88 years old. Oh, yeah, George would die. I'm, I'm saying that um, I, if I put I'm, myself in his shoes... Um, 
I'm still not fucking it. doing it. No way. That'll it'll eventually come down. And that's the thing, though. Couldn't you just put a safety off and then like manually like uh, yeah, a hamster wheel sure. bring it back down? Like yeah. there there shouldn't be that fail safe in there's a got, Yeah, there's wheel, gotta right? be a hand crank somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. So Belvedere and George respectively decline, and the guy on the ladder says, "Oh, I get what's going on here. You guys want to stay in the you guys want to stay in the seat all by yourselves up here in the dark. Uh, you guys do make a cute couple. Bye. Gay panic." <laughs> Yay, panic! And I thought that was cute, because we've made jokes about them having a sexual liaison before, and there's nothing wrong with that. I hate the bitch in the audience, because everyone else laughs, which, okay, that's lame that you're laughing at that that's the joke. Um, because it's not a joke, it's a beautiful thing. But there's one bitch in the audience that goes, uh... Like while everyone's like, laughing, oh, and I'm like, gross. yeah, it's like well, it's, it's like that, you, it's bitch. like that hoarder sister. Oh my god, I can't believe this. Oh, pornography. Oh, oh. but just shut like up. the judging. No. Grow up, shut up. Grow up and shut up. Yeah, grow up and shut up. Uh, live and let live. So they're stuck up there. Eventually, a helicopter comes, and Belvedere almost pulls the helicopter out of the sky because he is. Some sort of weird super creature thing. I don't know if Belvedere has powers or what's going on. Again, Imagine something weird happening will. to Belvedere. Some, someone with a mass so powerful they can pull down a helicopter. Then imagine, if you will, if a person is so powerful they could pull down a helicopter but not pull down a Ferris wheel. Now, if those two possibilities coexist in the same time, then wouldn't it be possible? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm remembering, for random reasons, I remembered <laughs> um, uh, when, uh, was it Jesse Ventura visited the podcast, and Jonathan was like, oh, hello. <laughs> Just the way he would say that. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> um, uh, so, yes, they could get cockooed, but isn't it... They throw down a rope ladder, and Belvedere's pulling the helicopter down. Something's yeah. up with Belvedere. George is freaking yeah. out. I don't know how. They get down, and Belvedere says, look, I may have messed up there. I'm going to get you. I'm going to. He basically surprises George by making the Owens house ground zero for um, the craziest self-help group ever, Oy. which is people who are afraid of flying. Yeah. So they all get together. There's one lady who's obsessed with telling life stories. There's one woman who's really into uh, George. And somehow, over the course of uh, weeks, they get desensitized to the concept of flying, but only in the, their imaginations. Because then the big, the big finale to this course or this self help this group is that they're all going to ride a plane together. Everyone and is freaking out. This is so, and the thing is, like, um, I, I'm pretty sure I think it was Jen Kirkman. Um, I think I, I remember hearing her tell a story. I think it may have been on her podcast where she did something like this. Like, as a kid, she really? was like afraid of flying. Um, and um, she actually joined like a group that was like this, like so, um, helping people that were afraid of flying in a group. And then at the end of it, they actually took a flight together. Yeah. And she still talks to all of those people because if you're in a group that everyone talks to and socializes with, and your biggest fears overcame, then I'm assuming that bonds you for life as just Gotta people. be, gotta be. There's one guy that looks so much like Andy Dick. I was like, is that possible? Yeah. But no, it's not, because Hi, I'm afraid crazy. of flying. It's like, okay, Andy Dick, or Andy Dick's grandfather or father. I don't know how old Andy Dick would be. <laughs> I'm assuming his dad. Uh -huh. I'm assuming it's his dad. 
Um, <laughs> why would it be his grandfather? What? Anyway. <laughs> Andy Dick's grandfather. It looked really good at 15. Really dead. Really good. Um, so they take the flight together. Belvedere was just going to leave George on the plane, but everyone is freaking out, so he's like, all right, I'll stay. They go up into the sky, and Belvedere actually brings everyone together. They sing songs, and suddenly everyone is merrily in the sky asking themselves, why was I ever afraid of flying? This is the best thing in the fucking world. Um, and then Belvedere overhears something in the, like, in the, um... Man at Arms has done it again. Man at Arms has done it again. He's talking to Tila. (laughs) Um, and he's like, the landing gear is not dropping. Orko has messed with the Sky Spy again. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, brother. And it's like, we may have to land this thing. We might have to do a belly. We may have to do a belly flop right there onto the runway. And Belvedere comes through the win- the the curtain, literally like, just comes through the curtain and is like, "Excuse me," and they immediately go quiet. Like, "Oh, I hope he didn't hear anything." Tell me what's going on. And it gets serious. And I love the actor who who plays Belvedere because he does play certain things oddly serious at times, yes. and it comes across brilliantly because it's great. So this is a serious fucking issue, guys. They've yeah. radioed the tower and this happens on occasion, but if you have to land a plane on its stomach on the runway, that's dangerous. Defo. So Defo. Belvedere is, is actually looking into... Suddenly he's confronted with death. He sees its smile, its grin, in the darkness that is in front of the plane, and he is unsure what's going to happen. And what's the worst place to be on when this happens? On a plane with a bunch of people who were afraid of flying. Belvedere keeps it secret because the landing gear still could come down, but they're not sure. He goes back. He prepares himself. Everyone is excited. George is telling random stories. Belvedere pulls George aside and says, Hey, listen, real quick. I need to tell you something. I consider you one of my best friends ever. Small pause. Yeah, George is like, What? You're a stand-up guy, George Owens. You're a gentleman. And it's been an honor to know you. I'm sorry, What? (laughs) <laughs> I wish you would step back Calm away from the ledge, Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. I bought a ticket. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... And that's when you think something as crazy is really happening. So, they all sit down. Belvedere assumes he's gonna die. He he purposefully doesn't tell anyone else on the plane, which is great. Good call, good call. Very good call. They land, and everything's fine. Except Mr. Belvedere screams like he's right. dying. Like a blood-curdling scream. And afterwards, he also becomes afraid of flying. George is fine again. George is fine. Trips to Russia, no big deal. None at all. Skeletor gets the last laugh. Yeah. So there's that. Now, we didn't finish right. Heather's story. And actually, we brushed over part of that because Angela is not happy with Heather changing her hair color because Angela is the golden blonde and Heather's the mudhead. Hey. <laughs> As Angela put it, their friendship is really testing this episode. They're at school, and Heather's noticed, because Angela asked her the next day, like, so what's what's different? What's really different in your life? Heather says, I'm getting roses and flowers from men that I actually care about and not some weird creepo guy. Everyone's smiling at me. Everyone is paying me compliments. And that one cute guy at school that we're, like, all fawning over, <laughs> he noticed me in the hallway. Angela says, I know, he's been noticing me too, and I'm pretty sure he's going to call and ask me out on a date, which I want to stop and be like, Angela, let's talk for a second. Let's talk Seriously. for a second. Angela. (laughs) Like, the way that she plays that kind of, like, self-delusion is amazing. 
A ring a ding ding, ring a ding ding. Phone rings, and Heather picks up, and she's like, oh. And Angel's like, oh, well, well, maybe he's calling me. Um, my, my mom probably, he probably tried to call my house, and my mom told him uh, that I was over here. Um, no, Angela, no. Yeah. He's calling Heather. He's calling Heather. And they make a date, and then Angela storms out. <laughs> she is not having it. She's pissed off. And Heather's like, why the big deal? It's not like she's he's your boyfriend. She says, yeah, he's not my boyfriend. What's, what does she say? She says something about basically, yeah, I don't have any friends now, Heather. Yeah, boyfriend so or crazy. platonic. And she walks out. I'm like, Angela, first of all, Angela, you got, what, you got, you got, you're fine. You're, you're fine. more than fine. You're savvy, Angela. You're savvy, Angela. Like, don't be ridiculous. Kid, you're going to um, make it. <laughs> you're going to be okay. You're going to be kid, fine. This kid is, is a weirdo. He asked Heather out now because she's blonde? You don't want to date this dude. He's a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck him. Um... So later, uh, um, Marsha is like, uh, Marsha's really liking the hair. Um, oh, yeah. W- which I'm, I, like, Marsha's hair looks terrible this season, as always. <laughs> like, in new ways, but it's like, it's so crazy. Like, I don't understand. Because it's, it's really the same hard. shape, but now it's got this, like, half perma thing going on that it's just yeah. kind of frizzy and weird. You, it's really hard to hit hit the reset button on hair when you've done yeah. that many chemical treatments to it. She looks like a wet poodle. Like it's terrible. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Um, Marsha's excited yeah. though because now she's not the only blonde in the family, and now she can pretend everyone will think that it's natural her hair color. Because George's hair turned gray many years ago, and no one remembers what his color what color his hair was. <laughs> So the project's over, and Heather's like, I turned in my paper, like, a couple of weeks ago. I, I kept the hair just for fun, really, but I've really decided that it's not, it's just not for me. I don't, I don't know. I'm going to go back. It's no big deal. There's no rush. And Mom, Mom, Marsha says, look, if you told Angela, I know she was upset about it. Nah, I mean, Angela are fine. We've been friends through thick and thin since forever. Doors flings open. Angela throws a box down of all these things that her and Heather have shared. Says, Here's your fucking shit. P.S. Your hair looks horrible, and your roots are showing. Former friend, and she storms out. It's... To which, yeah, to which they're just kind of like, oh, well, I never. But they're not really worried because it's Angela. Like, of course, they're gonna make up. They're friends. Yeah. So in the end, uh, Heather is guilted into like changing her hair color back, which is really fucked up. She watched an episode of Popeye, and she realized she is she, she that. Ugh. She is what she is, or I am what I am. To which Belvedere's like, shut up. <laughs> 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 and, yeah, she dyed her hair back brown. And she's like, I'm going to go over to tell Angela that I'm sorry. We can't let hair color, like, ruin our friendship. Cue, door open. Angela comes in. Brunette. Angela what? comes in wearing the cheapest wig I've ever seen in my life. Seriously. <laughs> like, I don't even know. It's like, did you, did you go to Party City? Like, what's going on? And Angela looks terrible with that wig. Poor Angela. Terrible. Like, I, it's like, is that, like, I no, that's crazy. She looks like a goddamn monster with that wig on. Here's another question I have. Or a question in general, why did she dye her hair brown? Because we don't see after her rage and leaving, we don't understand any of her actions for doing what she did. Did she dye her hair brown because, okay, it, our friendship is a one blonde and one brown, so I have to be brown now. Like, well, she what said when, her... when Heather first dyed her hair, she's like, I'm supposed to be the blonde. 
Um, so clearly, like, that is her identity. And so now that Heather is the blonde, she's going to try to create a new identity for herself. Imagine, if you will, that if <laughs> hair color is what separated identity, then therefore, if your friend changed their hair, therefore changing their identity, it might be possible to reverse the polarity of the friendship by changing your own hair color. And if that was possible, then isn't it just possible <laughs> that All maybe... Right. That is Mike. <laughs> Sorry, Kaku. No, just listen. Oh. I think it's possible to open up the Rose Bridge to... <laughs> Nope. <laughs> a lot of nope. people don't seem to realize. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> Welcome to the stage, everyone. Mr. Jura. <laughs> Welcome to our, our parade of crazy. <laughs> I know what he's talking about. Imagine, if you will, half human, half creature living in the forest in the shadows of our civilization for so long. It would be unbelievable, but just unbelievable to be true. Look through your windows. Do you see a humanzy there? If you see a humanzy, then wouldn't it therefore be possible? <laughs> to open up a wormhole in our galaxy? Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just asking questions here. Building really seven. Wanna... Building seven. I'm just asking questions. That's who, what team of crazy would you like to see on stage? <laughs> I want to see Michukaku, the former governor of Ventura. But who, what other crazy could we get? Like, what other crazy Kaku deserves to be Ventura. on that stage? Maybe Donald Trump. Though I don't, Donald Trump, I still think maybe like leaning into an acting part of his yeah. crazy for the for the sake. But still, Sarah Palin maybe, but hers almost seems like Ben Carson. She, ben Carson. Bring in your dog. Bring in your dog. <laughs> what did he say on the last debate that was just crazy? I, I mean, he says a lot of stuff, but he basically halted it and talked about like nuclear war or something, and everyone thought, "What?" Oh, hello, Mr. Carson. <laughs> That's, goodbye. I wish Jonathan was just the arbiter of all debates, and when anyone said something, that he's just like, "Oh, hello." <laughs> you decided to speak. <laughs> Michael O'Malley starts off. <laughs> Listen, I think the reality. Oh, hello. <laughs> Listen, if I can get 30 seconds to, to talk about uh, what uh, uh, what Senator Sanders just said. Oh, hello. <laughs> uh, goodbye. Yeah, it's whoo. So that that's essentially Belvedere. I mean, Bel yeah. it's, that's it. Um, At the end, uh, Belvedere is writing his journal. And in the end, he's going to take uh, his... Uh, he's, he's now joined the group and he's uh, getting over his fear of flying. Yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, it was a wonderful episode. It was a fun ride. A lot of cool stuff was happening in it. Um, who won and who lost? I'm assuming... Part of me says Marsha lost because she was super excited to go to the new, new, new odd couple. Um, but she didn't get to go. Yeah. Part of me is upset I feel Angela lost because she had a crisis of identity. It was the crisis of infinite blonde. And yeah. part of me thinks that that... It, it breaks my heart that she could have lost for that reason because I don't want her to suffer as a character, but... But who do you think lost? I... Uh, this is harsh. I... I think Marsha. Yeah. I, I mean, she didn't go to... She didn't get a trip. Um, 
She has to stay home with a family that she hates. Um, <laughs> like everyone else, kind of got to go. Like I mean, Wesley T. Who knows what he was doing? He was out. He wasn't in the episode. Uh, yes. Kevin just Kevin got to like uh, um, check out his sister. Um, that he that's winning for Kevin. Um, Heather like got all the fun of being a blonde, which apparently was all the fun. Um, so yeah, so Heather Heather won the episode. Can we just say? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Because everyone you know, else, Bel- Belvedere the- might have lost because he oh. got a fear of flying. Yeah, helping his helping his guy out, one of someone he secretly considers his best friend. Yeah, Belvedere lost. Heather won. All right, all right. Because at least Marsha got to to pretend in her own imagination that everyone thought her hair was naturally blonde. Yeah. Because no one's thinking that. I also want to say because we're talking best dressed and worst dressed. I forgot when Belvedere and um, sorry, there's a Panther times happening over here. Oh, and, don't tell uh, those Broncos. The Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Get those Broncos stomping. But when Belvedere and um, George come back from the carnival, and obviously there was the um, Ferris wheel stuff, Belvedere has two things of um, cotton candy. And at one point he looks sad and he lets them drop. And it is so sad because it's a man in like a khaki trench coat <laughs> frowning just with, but with, defeated with both no. of his... Like yeah, I don't. Th- is there anything sadder than just like cotton candy that's not vertical? That's just like horizontal. Because you're like, oh, oh no, droopy cotton candy. Yeah, it's like a droopy Belvedere with his cotton yeah. candy. I'm like, oh yeah. no, ugh, yeah. Um, all right, yeah, that's pretty sad. Um, let's talk about some fat. Um, first of all, let's talk about Heather's blonde hair. For or against? All right, I think she looks good with blonde hair. I do too. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a bad call. Here's the no. thing that I'm a little sorry. The Panther Times claws were in leggings for a second. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Um, here's the thing that bothers me a little bit. Did the right? Why did the writers do this? Because they're talking about her changing her appearance, and then at the end realizing it wasn't such. It wasn't. She is who she is. <laughs> Well, Did this is episode five. This? Maybe, maybe they wrote this before they knew Heather was getting a new nose. Yeah, and when she came on the set, did the writers cringe like, <gasps> "Oh shit! Oh shit! I hope y'all did it." Good, awkward. Like, does, am I the only one here, Brad, who thinks that's a little? It's a little bit. Ooh, it's awkward. It is awkward. awkward. Soup's awkward. Soup's awkward. Um. I would say blonde blonde Heather works. She, she yeah. that yeah, she looks pretty as a blonde, but she looks pretty as a brunette. I mean, that's just who Heather is. I mean, no. She's an attractive girl. Um, I would like to see the other actors in blonde hair, see what they would have looked like. I'm sure Kevin, mm-hmm. striking blonde, mm-hmm. Wesley mm-hmm. T, who knows. Um, I will say the worst dressed in this episode, if we can get back to, because we all know hair yes. is not in fact fashion. We've been, I, if anyone knows that, it's me at this point. Yeah. Um, the crazy woman who is fawning <sighs> over George is wearing yeah. curtains as a dress. She is... I don't understand what... I, it's like she's out of a Tennessee Williams play. I don't understand. Yes. Like, Maybe what? they were filming something on another on a side set, and they're like, we need extra, you'll do. But I'm not still in costume. It's fine. Come on over. Huh, but I've just finished a tour of the Glass Menagerie. <laughs> You're fine. Come yeah, on. It's, Come it's on, we bad. need extras. Yeah, I think I think she might be the worst dressed. Um, if hair did count, it would be Angela in that last scene. Because uh, oh. that is just, she oh. looks like a goddamn monster. She yeah. looks like somebody doing a, she looks like somebody cross-dressing as Cher. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Um, what about best dressed? That's the thing. 
I kind of like the um the the doctor um of the of the of the flying group because he because he wears like um he wears like a pilot's jacket and a scarf with a turtleneck, <laughs> which is awesome. That is pretty sweet. Because I love that. I thought he was supposed to be uh, the pilot. Um, <laughs> no, nope, just pretending. Nope. <laughs> he just dresses up. <laughs> I dress like a pilot so to give me courage. <laughs> So just in case things go south on a plane, I can pretend to go and save it, even though I have no control over it. Why don't you just get your pilot license? Um, also, I just want to point out that uh, the um, um, Andy Dick is dressed like a uh, Doug. <gasps> Andy Dick is basically wearing Doug's outfit for reals. Yeah, he's like a, like a green like jacket with like a bow tie. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. I also want to send a random shout out because we didn't talk about her, but the uh, stewardess on the plane. Mm-hmm. Granted, she's not a man at arms or a Doug, <laughs> Doug's uh, a proto Doug, but she has like she has like an accent, and I'm not really sure what they're trying to do with her. Like oh, they're trying random. to make her it's like, like it's like comedy German. But why? I don't like know. it's just so weird and random, and not yeah. like the normal random we're normally accustomed to. No, it's just it's loud. It's it's stock loud screeching German woman. It's the same care. It's basically the same loud screeching German character of like Austin Powers. Oh God! Different actress, same character. It's whatever that weird stock character is that for some reason we all just accept that there's a loud screaming German woman. Yeah. So I don't I don't know who best dress is at this point. Every outfit that Heather and Angela wear is weird. Mm-hmm. And you're right. That fucking wig? Ugh. No. Marsh is a goddamn nightmare all over the place. Um, I, I, I mean, I like the doctor guy. I like that pilot outfit. Let's, let's go doctor guy with the pilot outfit. Sometimes that wins. Sometimes the pilot wins. I mean, uh, he wears a jaunty pilot scarf. That's great. Yeah, you award that. And uh, let's be honest, the turtleneck look, turtleneck look, it, it, it was it was in it was in fashion at the time and to Definitely. be honest there's something about it that I find nostalgically pleasing because I think it's I love f- a turtleneck yeah a turtleneck love a is turtleneck. fun love a turtleneck is that weird it, I know it might be controversial to say but Ramjack is pro turtleneck deal with 100 percent 100 percent if I lived in a place that wasn't eight billion degrees 24 7 I would be rocking some turtlenecks that would be awesome. So that's that's Belvedere. We're, we've got another episode next time. That's sh- everything coming up in Belvedere looks like it's gonna be just crazier and crazier, like new levels of bonkers. So be prepared for that. Me and Brad will be prepared, and hopefully we won't forget next time. Will not. We will not forget. I will not forget. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening to Ramjack. It's been a really fun time. Um, uh, we've been talking into your ears mm-hmm. how about you how about you talk to us and tell us what you're up to there's many oh. ways you can do that there's um ramjack podcast at gmail.com if you want to uh, email us you can voice leave a voicemail at 979-476-9877 um 979-GROW-UP-7 if you weren't paying attention is what that would this, translate this to. is what it sounds like when you dial on a phone you press your buttons yeah. this is you typing an email Brad, a resident Foley artist and co-host. Hello? Brad, Hello? what is the sound? Hello, Ariane. P.S. I just want to throw this out there. I was at Animal Kingdom last week, saw a black rhino, didn't want to murder it. <laughs> you text me when that happened. That was awesome. Was it scary? Was it big? Yeah, it was, it was quite big. It's a black rhino. 
They have rhinos awesome. at the zoo in Cincinnati, and they are large animals. Like, I could see how it would be terrifying yeah. to have one of those things charge at you. Well, because, like, well, they have a black rhino, and then they have, like, the regular, like, um, white rhinos. Um, and it's, like, after you see the... Because we see the black rhino first, and it's huge. And then you see, like, the regular rhinos, and it's like, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> oh, poor little rhinos. It's like, whatever, regular rhinos. Black rhinos are gigantic. Why would you want to murder that? Are we talking, like, double the size? Yeah, close. Jeez. Okay, now that is much bigger than it's, the it's rhinos really, that I've it's, seen it's pretty big. It's in pretty life. Big. What's the scariest animal when you're at a zoo or at, at what animal when you were at Disney you were um, really skeptical well, about? Because a rhino is not going to do well, anything to you. Well, the thing is, like, as it's on the it's on the safari, so you're just like in like this little safari car, and you're just like oh, driving sh- along. Yeah, that's like Jurassic Park. Yeah, what the hell. Much. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I had like a I had like a a moment like I was thinking like. What if these fucking monkeys like, like ran at this thing and just like climbed up on here and like attacked us? Because monkeys will kill you. Yeah. Monkeys are always terrifying. I ha- like unfortunately like it's all- the weather's never been permitting. Um, I haven't gone back and like checked out gorillas and stuff. But gorillas are the most terrifying. Yeah. Hands down. But something that massive. Yeah. Surprisingly large. All that strength and intelligent. Yeah. Nope. No thanks. Only thing that would be scarier would be a walking dolphin. But I don't even want to. Th- <laughs> <laughs> the, only, the only thing. Imagine if you will, dolphins. Now they are mammals, but they live in the ocean. But most mammals live on the surface. Imagine if you will a dolphin that lived on the land. If you can imagine that, then isn't it possible? Isn't it possible that humanities have been living with us? <laughs> We, we all are all aware about the humanities, but no one's talking about the Dolph Manzies. Oh, hello. Welcome to our panel today. <laughs> hello. Glad and, to be here. And goodbye. No, I just, I wanted to tell you one thing first. But I just, if I could just Kaku, take a moment and... Uh, Kaku, uh, close the window, please. I just want to say that there's going to be humanities. Humanities. <laughs> nice. But yeah, get in, get in contact with us, guys. <laughs> there's a Facebook group. There's Twitter. There's all the things. You know where they are. Find us. Chat us. Will you find us? Where's Ramjack? Look in your window. And guys, just remember that if it's possible that you're going to get together and discuss a podcast, you should probably discuss this podcast. And if you're going to be discussing a podcast, you're going to need other things to discuss as well because you'll eventually run out of podcast discussion to talk about, in which case you'll need a conversation piece. And if that's possible, then maybe, just possibly, you could look through your window and find the greatest conversation piece of all, um, a delightful artistic... I need to keep it, obviously. I mean, right? Any room in any given any given place, you could find two things that are disposable. In a horde, uh, everything is disposable. I don't know. All, I, all I've got around me is a bunch of newspaper and garbage and uh, dead rats. What do I throw away? See, the thing I... I may have to go watch the one where there's all that... Uh, pornography on the second floor because that's like another loaded gun in the episode of hoarders because the horde is really the attraction but for there to be a twist to the horde that's not dead animal just being dead animals being somewhere so good that has to be awesome oh it's so good i love it